calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. Welcome to Scam Wow. I'm Caitlin I'm Rodney Smith. <laughs> and, and we, we love scams. scams. Guys, we love scams. We love this opening. We nail it the first try every time. <laughs> every time. I'm so happy to be here. Nailed it. What can we I nailed say? it. Um, we are a podcast about scams, and we're not experts, we're scam spurts. So we just like to have fun. My uncle said it's like drunk history for scams. <laughs> and I was like, that's a great review. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's perfect. Junk history with two sober girls for scams. <laughs> I know. <laughs> two girls who are as far away from alcohol as possible, but emotionally still there. <laughs> we had a review that said, um, I have a baby voice. And I think it's so funny because I went to theater school and they constantly were trying to push me to have a deeper voice. And they would cast me as old men in Shakespearean play. like we did like Shakespearean monologues they always gave me an old man like measure for measure I was like crying about my daughter and it never worked I was like it's, it's just I'm naturally <laughs> this way and I think yeah people think it's fake and I'm like I just we've tried I've had an institution try to <laughs> make my voice deeper and it doesn't work but thank you everybody but for I don't your... think your voice is that like I don't but it doesn't sound disingenuous Thanks. it's who you are you know I know. Well, we were just saying, I can't read comments and, anymore. Well, I was reading our comments, and we had some negative comments. And it's like, if you can't say anything nice, maybe don't say anything. But um, people same. don't like women. <laughs> but they like enough to like sign in nope. and tell us. I know. But guys, we are talking about scams today. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, besides that. Well, enough about our grievances. <laughs> I'm so excited for our guest today because I openly told her I'm a fangirl of hers. I've read so much of her stuff. It's just... It's she has so, amazing style. She's... Oh, she's so cool. Guys, follow her on Instagram. Read all of her articles. Learn about her cool yes. father and her mother. I mean, I just... Yes. Love, I'm like deep in her life, which is embarrassing. Well, I didn't go that deep, but Well, yes, she's written about it, later. so I've read it and I love it. Your mom's so cool. Her oh, my mom is her Japan. own, own just, world force. I just, oh, it's, they're amazing articles. So let's give a in-studio round of applause for Alexis Chuck. <laughs> Yay, welcome Hi. Alexis. Welcome Alexis. Thank you for having me. Of I course. was um, telling Thank Kate. Thank you for coming. Yeah, that I basically feel like I scammed my way onto the show because no. I don't actually follow scams that deep. But you wrote, so <gasps> How Alexis, dare you? I know. No. I just, but, but it Alexis felt fitting, here, right? Yes. Well, she's here because she wrote a great piece okay. on the style of scams, which is bringing us, which is why I'm wearing a smoky eye today, which is just like eyeliner that I rub all over my face. Um, and we were talking about scams. Which is why style. I did brush my hair and put on CC cream, which is a lot more than I usually a do. A lot, guys. Guys, you're doing so much. We're doing a lot for Alexis. <laughs> um, and yeah, Alexis wrote a great piece in Vanity Fair about scammer style and it you know, it applies to men and women. And there's a lot of discussion now because it has become its own look. And I actually think it's like 
each scammer sort of has a power suit in mm-hmm. a sense. You know that like that. Well, you know, like uh, like Hillary Clinton's power suit. Like it was very a white much, pants suit. Yes, <laughs> it's very much like um, yeah, a look mm-hmm. that you really grasped, and I just loved reading that because I appreciated it. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, yes, do you guys I want a little bit of background on how that Please. came to be? So Vanity yes. Fair. What month is it? It's May. They, because mm-hmm. they're print, they work out on like a crazy extended schedule. Yes. So my editor was like, we're working on the September issue soon. Do you have wow. any ideas? And so for anyone who's seen like the September issue in Vogue or like knows anything about fashion, that's kind of like the biggest issue is. of the year. And so I was thinking about it and, okay, biggest fashion issue of the year. It tends to be like the most aspirational type of stories or fashion like sometimes I don't know if they actually do it in September but Vanity Fair has their like infamous kind of the best dressed in the world and yeah, that's and like the fall wardrobe like what you can do yeah exactly yeah. and so I and the magazine weighs like 22 pounds <laughs> yes. yeah and it's all ads epic <laughs> there's like no epic. writing I <laughs> love it my birthday's yodos. in September and so I would always be like I have the best month for a magazine mm-hmm, as a do. kid growing up I thought it was the coolest month <laughs> you could just stack them all and have like a birthday cake I yeah but basically, I was thinking about this, and I was like, okay, it's a September issue. Like, what would be an aspirational story to put in here? Because I grew up very far away from New York. Mm-hmm. I grew up in Hawaii, for anyone that doesn't know that, which, mm-hmm. like, does not have fashion, really. I think recently it has, but when I was growing up, it was very much like, you go to the beach, you wear a bikini, like, totally. you don't wear shoes. Like, I didn't have closed-toed shoes until I moved here, basically. Wow. Stop it. No, yeah. Like, aside from running shoes, like, there's no need. So that That's was, like, such a cool one of the first things I had to buy Um, and so I was like okay well there's nothing more aspirational than a scammer yeah and because of every all the stories that have been going on like I just I'd heard about Elizabeth Holmes turtlenecks like millions of times and Adelvi of course also Sorkin was (laughs) known for just the way that she would dress and she had that very kind of classic downtown like rich person type of look totally Mm -hmm. Um, Billy McFarland who actually I have a friend I think went to school with him so I was talking to him about this no. over yeah like over Christmas but he was like born of privilege so yeah. he didn't even have to try to look like someone he just was like oh I can do it and everyone's like yeah you're a white male of course you could do it and then of course that devolved very rapidly and so like through the course of like talking this out with my editor like it was very timely to that talk is. about it right now. Yeah. And then we went back a little bit further and there was like Michaela and Tariq Salahi who yeah. snuck into the yes. White House. That was crazy. Yeah. And I mean, they're not like scammers in the traditional sense. I mean, they kind of are maybe. Yeah. They were shady for shady, sure. Creepy. Like they, and, and privileged. Yeah. So but privileged. they scammed the president. They scammed the, the president. Secret service. The Secret Service. Yes. Yeah. So for anybody who doesn't know, these two came in during a dinner for... I a state dinner. It, yeah, yep. for the Prime Minister of India. I'm I don't saying know it wrong. if it was for the Prime, Min- Prime Minister of India, but in that picture, he's he like looking there. on as yes. Michaela's shaking Barack Obama's hand. And, and I, she's definitely wearing a sari. She is wearing a bright red sari. A bright red sari. And also she was doing the Real Housewives of DC at this time. Oh, so this they, is how I know about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So there's yeah. an entire episode devoted to like her getting ready for this thing and like wow. being in the salon and the producers are like, do you have the invite? And she's like, oh my gosh, yeah. Like, let me go look for it. And she just like pretends like she can't find it. She like forgets what someone asked her for. And the entire time, like they just don't have invites and people are like, how did you get an invitation? And wow. they're just kind of like, well, you know. And she has platinum blonde hair, platinum. tall, yes. thin, looks like an ex She calls model. everyone love. That was my favorite yeah. part. Ugh. Does like, she have a British that. accent? No. Ugh. She's also dating the lead singer of Journey now. Or like she's married she to is. him. <laughs> yeah, so they like had a love wow. affair, I think, before. And she went back <sighs> to him. Their whole like relationship is its own story wow wow yeah so that's and that's um where alexis starts out her article and it's just so Mm -hmm. you gotta read it guys you gotta read it you gotta go stalk her online (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah so we are also wanting to cover anna delvey sorkin today because sue and i have wanted to do this for a while this is one of the scams that made me first want to start this podcast because i read so much about it about a year ago when she was um at peak scam mm-hmm. and I was just amazed by her like I'm getting chills just talk about <laughs> talking about it it was the summer her, scam 
It was the summer scam by her arrogance. And like, she just went so big with her scam. Like she did. She just, it's not like she was going to the gap. Like she was going to Acne and Supreme and like mm-hmm. Alexander Wang and just shooting for the stars. And I just admire that about her. <laughs> I know the ballsiness and I guess the ballsiness of a woman is different than the ballsiness of a man. Like I see Billy McFarland and I'm like, you can go to hell. And Anna, I'm like, girl, you did. You did some fun stuff. Good for you. I mean, I don't like, so we'll go into the details. She scammed on so many different levels. Some were sort of weirdly admirable. Mm -hmm. And I think like the zeitgeist right now is believes that if you can scam super rich people out of money that they won't even notice, it's sort of a forgivable. But then yeah. there are other scams that she scammed people that she befriended. and That's so, shitty. Yeah, and her, like all of our scammers, we've covered every scammer has been incredibly charismatic mm-hmm. and magnetized to whoever they can start to use. Yeah. Um, and one of these articles is from, was it? Something Williams. Barbara Williams, Elizabeth Williams. Rachel Williams. Rachel Williams. Um, Vanity Fair. In Vanity Fair. Oh, yeah. yeah. And Rachel Williams, a writer and um, a photo editor, she said, of Vanity Fair, yeah. got scammed by her yep. and ended up footing a bill for $62,000 for a trip to Marrakesh. And it was more than she made in a year. Yeah. Because yeah. Anna, we can go back, Anna told everyone that she was a German heiress. Mm-hmm. And she would pay them all back. And it's so complicated because she has money in offshore accounts yeah. and in Europe. And she has to transfer it into U.S. dollars. And so all of that stuff, sort of this very loving, charismatic, girlfriendy vibe that she would get you back. And then she never did. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I love it. And then I'll say like the but front... Yeah, and the front of the scam is she did have a. We can talk about all the details. Like she did have a cash flow, so she was at a lot of points fronting bills. I mean, fronting checks for people, um, buying clothes, like really expensive things, because she did scam her way into getting a good sum of money, mm-hmm. um, and then she could lie about everything else. It was crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. So you want to go into it? Soon? Yeah, let's Break go it into it. Okay. So we are in like uh, February of two thousand seventeen. Um, she, Anna, Anna Delvey is her alias. She, she her real name is Anna Sorkin. Mm-hmm. Um, she's staying at the 11, <clears throat> she's staying at the 11 Howard Hotel and she befriends a concierge there named Nefetari Davis, who goes by Neff. Um, and she becomes good friends with Neff and she bribes the whole staff. She gives them tons of cash. Um, this is to befriend her and to kind of like look the other way meanwhile they don't have a working credit card on file for her she gives them a fake credit card so this is a hotel that she's staying in a low low end room and it's four hundred dollars a night yeah um she's befriending the staff she's taking them out she's taking neff on shopping sprees um to like stores in soho i think 11 howards in soho it's she's called she becomes called the Soho Grifter, which mm-hmm. is great. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a great. Sh- so then she's also she's staying at Eleven Howard. She's having dinners at the restaurant downstairs um, where she's inviting uh, notorious like New York people. Socialized. Like she socialized. She invites Macaulay Culkin. She invites mm-hmm. Martin Shkreli, um, all these people. And basically she tells them she's a German Russian heiress. And she seems like she has a lot of money and people buy it. That's basically what's happening. And she really like, she treats everybody. People were saying, so what was really interesting. So Neff was interviewed in the New Yorker article. That was the, or New York magazine article. Yeah. That is the infamous article that everybody's referring to. um, That it was common for super rich people to def- to befriend the help because they didn't have that many people around. It sort of reminded me of like Bethany Frankel, like you mm-hmm. kind of pay people to be your friends. Oh, like her, t- her driver, Kevin. <laughs> I know that's one of the guys that's gone. I know, crazy. So it, it's sort of, I've seen that in super rich people that you sort of, de- or you're bored or lonely. And Neff was saying that that's really common. And so Anna would give her $100 cash every time she did a favor for her. So she would also do that. She found a way to connect with all the staff members and would do that as well, like tipping Uber drivers, Mm -hmm. tipping people in restaurants, just throw $100. Um, 
And I think the thing is, no one questioned her because you no. don't question rich people. <laughs> well, when people hand you a hundred dollars and it's a real dollar bill, and they're like, "Oh my God, you're so amazing!" There's just this like warm flood of like, "Well, I am." You know, I've been waiting to be handed a hundred dollar bill all day. <laughs> and here's the financial compensation to prove it. Yeah, consistently, mm-hmm. and just like had like wads of hundreds and would just throw them out and sometimes even when she would like leave someone with the bill I think with meth they went to a dinner and yeah. it was like 250 something dollars let's yeah. say um, at I think St. Ambrose mm-hmm. and she yep. like had to transfer money from her savings account to front it Yeah, Anna paid her back like and then some yeah she paid her back like threefold she said in cash mm-hmm. so it was super confusing and then she well, what we later found out is that she like forged bank documents to send yeah. out to get loans. So she would ask for a loan and then she would have a fake bank document that said this is how much she had in her a fake bank account. And so then they would transfer money. In the, sometimes it didn't work, but if it did work, she would transfer that money back and then she would immediately take cash out of that account. So as soon as she got a loan, she would cash it as much as she could out before anybody caught on. Which was so smart. I mean, so smart. I mean, it's terrible, but like to take that money out immediately, Mm -hmm. like she knew what she was doing. She also had a fake like family money manager. She did. Yeah. With an AOL account. An AOL account. And someone's like, are you affiliated with like UBS? And she goes, no, he's like the head of my family. Yes. Like personal account. Mm -hmm. And then she said he died. (laughs) Yeah. Peter Hanecki or something right. like that. And yep. then someone said later, oh, he's dead. Please don't please don't refer to him anymore or something like that. <laughs> so good. And that was her the whole time. Um, yes. And so with this, like, so she was lying to everybody. She had this cash flow. And so she bought incredibly expensive outfits. Mm-hmm. And but she never paid for any living expenses. No, never, never. And just had a. A cu- she, I think she had 12 credit cards that said she had a booklet of credit card numbers yeah. and there was 12 in there so she had like 12 credit cards none of them were working or ha- maybe had like weird amounts of money mm-hmm. but I she would it. drop those because you need a credit card on file but they don't charge you till the end of your stay and so she would stay well when she was friend with that bill that she handed over to Neff she literally gave a guy the waiter 12 different credit cards yeah at which point are you just like that is insane but I guess with rich people we just think oh of course they have that many yeah when I think a a really rich person would not want to have like that much sort of exposure to their Mm -hmm. money I feel like you'd want to keep it really locked down and have like a couple that or two maybe and then the other things are credit cards you keep at home that have your other I don't know like I it's the all these things were sort of it was she was just so impressive to everyone it was so exciting and I think it's like it is that era of like let's all act like we're very comfortable with wealth and not question it because I want her to think I'm just as rich I want Mm -hmm. I want I don't want to appear like I'm out of my league um yes and she so she's not at all rich she's from Russia and she grew up in a small town in Russia and her family actually asked to not be like named because the town is so small they don't want to be they don't know yet yeah yes so she scammed um 11 howard hotel and then Mm -hmm. when they were on to her a few months later um she scammed the beekman hotel and then she scammed the w hotel which Mm -hmm. are all like expensive fancy hotel which is Mm -hmm. crazy and then when they figured it out when the managers um kind of like were like the jig is up she bought all of their domain names like suesmith.com or like whatever and she said that that's a trick she learned from martin shkreli um (laughs) yes so that they would pay her one day because she said and i'll only give it to them for a million dollars yeah i love it crazy also like what hotel manager is like i don't know i'm just like who is gonna spend a million dollars for their domain name i don't know no one no one the best thing, too, Martin was Shkreli. that Martin Shkreli was at one of these dinners, and when New York Mag called him, also probably from Rikers, where he is yeah. detained, <laughs> Yes, he's like, she made me feel like a nerd, even though I had all of this, like, national exposure. Right. I like, felt that uncool was, with uh-huh, her. That was the type of kind of effect she had on people, even though, like, people say she wasn't that pretty, and she no. wasn't even nice. She was kind of mousy. Yeah. I think she's like a Lisa Loeb of, like, current scams. <laughs> she had, like, wow. big, thick glasses. She wow, kind of wow, was wow. Celine, by the way. Yes. And I heard that she's finagled away to keep her Celine glasses in prison with her. Uh, amazing. How? I don't I wanna, know. Like, I mean, she has to see. I know. 
So, okay, guys, if you're confused, Caitlin, our producer, doesn't know any of this, so I'm going to ask you really quick. Okay. Is there anything confusing? We're kind of doing some broad strokes. I would like to know, like, where she came from. You kind of roughly said mm-hmm. Yeah. So how did she get to New York? How did, is there any information Yes. Sue, so yeah. do you have those notes up? Yeah. So she um, was she came to New York after interning at a magazine called Purple, um, which is apparently fancy and trendy. And I'm not familiar with it. Yeah. Oh, wait, so Sue, Oliver she... Zam was the editor in chief. And oh, wait, he... wait, let's back up really oh, quick. Yeah. She <clears throat> she was born in Russia. Then she went to sporting Germany. school in Germany. Yeah. And she at 16, I believe she was in boarding or maybe younger. She was in boarding school in Germany. And then then she got an internship in Paris. And this is At where Purple. she like clicks with all the highbrow people. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Alexis. No, yeah. Me. And so Purple Magazine, Oliver Zam, he's like friends with um, Andreas Sariva, who's like kind of a graphic French graffiti artist, friends mm-hmm. with all of these models. They would basically just take like nightlife photos right. of them partying with all these beautiful people. So it was very much like a place where you could become connected to mm-hmm. kind of the downtown New York international art set. Yeah. And then she, I think she sort of burned those bridges as well. Something happened like then she came to New York. Like she was done with that. She um, came to she came to New York on a tourist visa, right? Um, and she had this whole idea of starting, well, a charity called the ADF, the Anna Delvey Foundation, <laughs> um, and it was going to be an art house, like a Soho house um, art gallery with a, with a membership, like. Yes. So, and she wanted to have branches in New York, L.A., London, Hong Kong, and Dubai. Um, and then she starts looking at properties um, and she wants to lease a 45,000 square foot property on 22nd and Park um, that is owned by the developer who also owns 11 Howard, which is the hotel she's staying in. So yes. she kind of tells hotel staff at 11 Howard, like, I am I know this guy, Abby Rosen. I know the owner. I'm leasing his property um, on Park and Madison or on 22nd and Park. And they're like, well, okay," And they're not going to question it. So she's in town to like start her art foundation named after her. And um, she needs a lot of money to secure the lease on this thing. And that's and that's what happens when things start going south for her. Yeah. And she kind of goes back and forth like she sort of has weirdly figured out the immigration rules. She'll get a visa and then she has to be out of the country to reapply. So she'll yep. do these like exotic trips. But it's really just because she doesn't want to get caught by ICE. And um, I almost so, said ISIS. <laughs> she not them either. Nobody wants to get caught by ISIS. No. Sorry. No, she doesn't want to get caught by ICE. So she goes she, back and forth. And yeah, so I think it's like after her visa expired – she befriended um, this videographer at Vanity Fair who... A, video, uh, a photo editor. Yeah, a photo editor who was going to create a document- documentary about her journey to start the Anna Delvey Foundation. Oh, that's a different person. Wait, hold on. It's, it's confusing. She, the girl, Williams, is a photo editor, but then she also befriended a documentarian. document doc, she also has a documentary filmmaker there as well there was the life coach the photographer and then and neff no no Neff didn't no, no. go not on this one this one is um this is after she kind of burned so anna like many of our um con artists like kind of burn bridges and get like really close with friends and then these really rich people they they've said that they've sort of like forgotten that she hasn't paid them back and they'll like miss like a couple thousand dollars but if you're like this heir to other in fortunes you don't really notice it so at this point now she's with Williams who's the video a photo editor from Vanity Fair her visa is running out so she says let's take a trip to Marrakesh um, based on this Khloe Kardashian Instagram or like uh, where Khloe Kardashian went so she also said that she is planning to make a documentary on her life so she hires a uh, documentary filmmaker her personal trainer who she's also using as like a life coach who's also like a mother figure so she's like paying to take care of her and um, Williams Mm -hmm. and so they all go over there and 
it's so similar to Billy McFarlane for the Fire Festival. So he was like, guys, let's just like have a documentary film following us. These I scammers want to be have every inch of their life photographed and copied. So yeah, when the Vanity Fair article, um, when she's talking about this problem is when it really sort of spurred, and the reason she had to take this trip to Marrakesh was because um, her visa was going to expire. So she had to leave and then come back. Right, and she's not staying at like an Econo Lodge in Marrakesh. She picks a $7,000 a night that can't be right. That just sounds so unfathomable. $7,000 a yeah. night um, hotel with a private butler um, in Morocco. And uh, it has a pool where they're staying. And the idea, and like at first it was probably like an Instagram like dream. And she, they said, um, Williams writes that like she just wanted to be around a bunch of spices and take pictures in caftans and stuff because she just wanted, and she openly was like, I want to Instagram this. But um, honestly, who doesn't want to be surrounded in spices with caftans? <laughs> I know, it's beautiful. And posted on Instagram. It's beautiful. <laughs> um, uh, spices. Uh, the glam. So she... So they are all staying in this hotel and it sort of all starts to crumble because the personal trainer gets like a stomach virus and has to go home immediately. And Anna can't pay for the flight. And so the um, the Vanity Fair, I believe she, she fronts yeah, the bill. Yeah, so the woman, the trainer has to leave like two or three days into the trip, which yeah. in hindsight she said was like God's intervention. Yes. yes. And so they continue on this trip and when they're about to pay... Anna can't pay. Her credit cards are declined. And they're saying it's like a very scary situation because these yes. like goons basically show up. Yeah, and like the hotel security like won't leave. They come into the room and they sit down and Anna is just constantly sort of doing that fake on my cell phone, clicking like, through, looking mm-hmm. busy, looking stressed out, making phone calls. And Rachel, Rachel Williams is there just like so uncomfortable because this is the first time this extreme has happened and they were not fucking around (laughs) yep they were goons pounding down the door in morocco and she was just and they just sat there they just stayed there they're like we're not leaving and so that like added pressure and anna looking like she's having a breakdown um and i think anna was constantly they said she's like on the verge of a panic attack they the personal trainer said she'd be like i don't have anywhere to go life is so hard like and she was 26, 25, 26 at this time. So it is also a lot of 25, 26-year-olds do have many life crises. It's a hard time, <laughs> I think. You she was in too deep. thousands yeah. of dollars to various yeah. <laughs> international banks. We're all like that. Um, yeah. And so, they, so it's so tense that um, Williams has to pay the balance of twenty of $62,000. On her credit, credit card. card. On her Amex. Which, Which is I wanna, more than she makes in a year. Mm-hmm. I, I want to know who has that kind of credit card limit. That's my whole thing with this story. Well, this is, but this is what she said. She said Vanity Fair has often asked her, or with her job, she's paid and they've paid her back. Like she's had an expense account in a sense. And like you, I've had that at certain jobs where you will pay for it and then you invoice the sure. yeah and sure so i so she said at no doubt she had no doubt that she would be paid back but i don't think ever in this much this much so that credit card balance is whew, huge. Yeah. Yeah. huge but who has the i mean the limit is that normal for rich- i don't know guys i'm not rich enough sixty five thousand dollars on a credit card yeah i know and so this is so sometimes i try to sign up for a credit card and they're like your limit is three hundred dollars <laughs> Sixty-five thousand dollars, cool. guys. We should do that. We should, we should get credit cards. That's what the moral of this is. Um, and then, so Rachel was paid five thousand dollars back by Anna at the end of the day, mm. and this was the start of some of the many court cases that went out against Anna. And so they, she tried to get her convicted for larceny. Is that the word? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, the case was dismissed. Yeah, she didn't yeah. get it. So. so what is going on is when she's trying to lease this building for her Anna Delvey Foundation for her art ventures because she is she fancies herself an artist um, or a curator of fine art, I would think. Um, she this lease is very expensive, so she needs a loan of twenty two million dollars um, in order to get this lease. Yeah, is that crazy. It, it, 22 Caitlin, our producer is like vomiting 22 million dollars and that doesn't scare her she's just like yeah i'm gonna get this loan um and then what happens is 
uh, one of her finance friends uh, referred her to Joel Cohen, who was the prosecutor of Jordan Belfort, who was the wolf of Wall Street. So Joel Cohen becomes her friend. Um, These are like people that what's also interesting is that she's running in a crowd of people like, yeah, we do this. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, yeah, like I I know the guy that's going to help you out. Like it's sort of this funny world that like once you're inside, they're like, we have the perfect prosecutor, you know, the perfect representation for you. We know um, she also did. She was really smart at befriending really powerful business people and like famous lawyers or sons of famous architects. And like she would just sort of weasel her way in and. I feel like sort of like in a puppy dog face, be like, I need your help. You're the only one who can help me. Yeah. yeah. So then Joel Cohen, who's Wolf of Wall Street, puts her in touch with Andy Andy Lance, who has experience with this. And this guy, Andy Lance, this is all he does is he gets loans for people who are rich but need them and rich with dreams and mm-hmm. maybe not with money and need money. So Andy contacts all these oh, wait, banks. Caitlin's confused. Wait, hold on. Time out. What, yeah. What's wrong, Kate? Oh, no. Yeah. So what he yeah. So what he does is he it's sort of like, oh, sorry, it's this idea of like these dot comers or these entrepreneurs that they know that they will get the money by investors later. Like it's sort of this the idea that Billy had similar to like, don't worry, guys, I have really rich friends. So I can't front 20 million right now, but I I'm good for a couple million. And then I have 15 friends that are also millionaires. So that is that's the circle that that's how they get sort of the loans. So Andy Lance puts her in touch with several large banks, including City National Bank and Fortress Investment Group, because Andy knows these people and he puts her in touch with them. Um, And then Lance tells these banks that he needs these loans because her personal assets, which are quite substantial, are outside the U.S. um, Mm -hmm. in foreign banks. um, In Germany. In in Germany with with a bank called UBS. Um, Is that a real bank? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I kept reading um, it as USB because I'm dyslexic, and I was like, "That's funny." My bank's also USB. Like I just was like, "What? A, what a dumb name!" But I'm the dumb one. Okay. <laughs> UBS. And then, so he said that she that he would get a letter from UBS saying that she had this money. That like, so her foreign uh, her Swiss bank. It's a Swiss bank. Um, sent a letter saying that the that this money was real she's good for it these are her real existing assets we later find out in her court case that she for forged this letter from ubs Mm -hmm. um, and it's all fake and doctored these um so go ahead but she would take so but sometimes it you know sometimes it worked she didn't get all of she didn't get all of the 22 million but she would get like a hundred thousand or something Mm -hmm. and then that is what she would live off off of and because she would cash it out or cash out as much as she can but keep some on her credit card and it was like on a city bank card and so it's it's crazy and I it was really I mean she forged documents which is super legal but it was like a really smart I don't know it's like it's like smart and insane and terrible like it's yeah and I so we looking at this and you sort of go like well how could all of these people be duped and a lot of people talk about her look and her style because the ultra wealthy are people that don't always want to appear ultra wealthy and Mm -hmm. so they also sort of always want to look like sort of tired and exhausted and like overwhelmed by how hard their life is even though it's not hard at all and they'll wear like athletic athleisure mm-hmm. say athleisure, athleisure. Mm-hmm. and they'll wear you know hair really messy and like clothes really schlubby because they're like I'm just so rich like I'm dripping in everything I don't have time or care to like try and like keep up appearances like a poor person would like try and look more rich so that is and that's an actual thing that like very wealthy people will look like total garbage <laughs> think of like Justin Bieber like he just wears hoodies or Ariana Grande is in like I mean her face is plastered pulled back but like her she wears like the largest hoodie and heels like they just sort of look like disheveled at, and sort of this like graceful like luxurious um like Marie Antoinette like I'm just here trying to get by because I'm so wealthy and they said on Twitter one of like the big red flags of people like um 
noticed for her is that her hair looked yep. so gross. Like it looked really messy. And they're like, any wealthy person would have like a hair treatment or have like perfect hair. Oh. You, you're, yeah, your clothes can look bad. Your makeup can look even like fuzzy. But the ma- the hair wouldn't be super frizzy or um, frayed. They would get like regular haircuts or have like a, a hairstylist on their payroll yeah and i think there's like the what's the treatment that kate middleton has like the carotene Mm -hmm. treatment which is like straightening a straightening Mm -hmm. and it's like a permanent straightening that makes it look permanently silky and that's what like a lot of the wealthy the royalty do so that they can like walk out of their apartment and it it falls nicely so that so twitter uncovered that i didn't know (laughs) they started yeah twitter started the little like uh feelings of uh, untrust As a podcast network, our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you. But we also sell merch, and organizing that was made both possible and easy with Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell and grow at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. They have an all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system, so wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. Shopify has allowed us to share something tangible with the podcast community we've built here, selling our beanies, sweatshirts, and mugs to fans of our shows without taking up too much time from all the other work we do to bring you even more great content. And it's not just us. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Shopify is also the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash realm, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash R-E-A-L-M now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash realm. I love There's it. also um, just this week how scammers trick people into thinking they're wealthy, yeah. which was also on the cut, and it's by their like money writer, and Ooh, she basically me. is talking about what you just said, like you'll have nice hair or or you'll have a manicure. Yes, so you'll always because that means that you're like seeing someone twice a week, and so yeah. I think the point of like really rich people kind of looking like slobs but at the same time like very expensive slobs like mm-hmm. they like might supreme be hoodies. supreme hoodies or she like Anna Delvey would wear Alexander Wang leggings yes um, yeah so that but she only is had like cheap. one pair of leggings that she wore all the time mm. but it doesn't matter like that's what she did and um listen yeah, it, my my leggings are from Target so it's like <laughs> mine are from Amazon <laughs> so yeah I get it well um, I just my aunt was so my aunt was in like 70s early yeah early late 70s in New York City and she was super super poor and she rented out the maids quarters in one of these really really fancy apartment buildings and so it was this like tiny hovel that didn't even have a bathroom in it and that or maybe had one bathroom that was like a part of the kitchen and she would have her dates drop her off there but not go inside because she wanted to look like she had a lot of money and she said that like rich people never so she was poor but like was an aspiring rich actress and um she an aspiring just, rich person yes really rich Me she really too. wanted to be Me super too. rich yeah yeah of course but um she like actually made a study of famous rich people and how they didn't want to wear labels because they didn't want to advertise for um any sort of industry or stuff like that but they wore something that was discreet enough that and she always told me the the ones who know know and that's who they care about Mm. so she would wear like she eventually she came into money um and she wore a paddock philippe watch which is like Mm. a very very expensive watch but it's like the label's tiny very little like you can almost tell like by the uh the watch dial like it has like a a sapphire or something like something like so ridiculously expensive and she's like she's like I wear it when I go out because you don't want to embarrass anybody who doesn't know but the people who do know know and I remember just she like she was a conner in such a great way but um she yeah she really like told me when I was younger like how people dress how the rich dress for each other Mm. 
Yeah. And that's what I admired so much. Sorry, go ahead, Sue. No, you go ahead. I was just going to say, that's what I admired so much about, I think, all of these scammers is like, there's this kind of latent human desire to have a certain type of life. And like your grandmother's a perfect example. Like she didn't have to go out and like scam everyone, but she took note of like, what are the signifiers you need to make someone think that you have this much money? And by doing so, like, does that actually help you get that life that you want? One of the things that differentiates I think any scammer from someone who's striving for something is the scammers get caught like they have these huge (laughs) aspirations and they have these delusional ideas about what they want their life to be Mm -hmm. and how they're going to go about getting it which we both find terrifying but also really admirable yeah and as a result or like and they use other people too like that's mm -hmm. something like you can like go out of the trash and get a supreme bag you know like a shopping bag and walk around with that but it's something else or if you convince someone to buy it for you and you'll pay them back and you never pay them back so it's also like on this we have this like scam scale where you're like is it terrible or is it okay but I do think like when you start to really impose and like harm on other people's lives is when it but I think being trying to be like thrifty and smart and my aunt also like had just the same fancy dress she wore over and over again Mm -hmm. and like sort of like a holly go lightly Love it. Um, Breakfast at Tiffany's, like you just sort of have the one or two key elements. Um, But what I find so crazy is that like it doesn't, for me, I don't believe like it's just you're constant. It's just constantly empty. You're constantly Mm -hmm. faking it. Like you're just constantly having to hold that up. And I think that's why Anna had like such anxiety and needed (laughs) a personal trainer life coach. I love it. (laughs) Because it's so empty. Yeah. But I love your point, Alexis, that scammers are the ones who get caught. Like... Yeah, people are all scamming on some level. It's they just don't get caught. So yeah. they all, everyone has an agenda and wants to look a certain way, but it's when they get caught and go to jail that the jig is up. I also want to ask Kate, Kate, are you following along? Do you have questions up until now? I would love to know more about what brands are super fancy and you can get away <laughs> with scams with. Nobody would know who you're with. Okay. So, which I feel like would be crazy. No, that's an Alexis question for sure, yeah. I, th- I feel like. I, a- I mean, if we can talk about what certain scammers have worn. Obviously, yeah. Anna, she was into the Celine glasses. Yes. So they're really big and chunky. Um, I'm sure that you She could- did sunglasses and regular, like, readers. Yep. I'm sure you could also switch those out with, like, Tom Ford. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which have, like, mm-hmm. a tiny little T in the corner, but you know that it's they're the very It's the tiniest expensive. symbols, and those are the things that... Also, if you are like wealthy and you know it you would look your eye would go right to it and you would know where it was from yes. immediately and where it would should be yeah mm-hmm. and so like alexander wang mm-hmm. she also shopped at acne which is like a scandinavian swedish type brand that has pretty basic very basic but they have thing. these beanies which are like hundreds of dollars that i would lose in a second and yeah. you know it's that because there's this little like kind of I call it like a meh, like emoji face. It's just like two little <laughs> yes. eyes and a lot of people will wear that. Um, I think any type of like a Celine bag again or anything right. that's leather but doesn't have a lot of hardware, like you're not wearing like a Louis Vuitton right. stamped type of logo no. bag. Yeah. Um, well, like and the Louis Vuitton, like if you do do that, there are ones they have like a special leather that's like that treated, almost looks like um like pleather it's not but it's like mm-hmm. that shiny leather it's treated with with um the patent yes it's that's the word it's the patent but it also like it has like that texture embossed, on it yes kind of. <laughs> you know all my words <laughs> <laughs> a patent embossed on and it is Louis Vuitton you can tell mm-hmm. but it doesn't have anything glaring yeah and then I think I also love the the anecdote you brought up about your grandmother and her watch because it was so subtle oh my aunt yeah sorry your aunt. Oh, no, your aunt. Okay. Um, my grandma wanted that one <laughs> she did not. no she didn't but like cashmere right like Loro Piano mm. is like one of the best Italian mills and yeah. no one would ever really know that but I think if you can tell like the the warp or like the way in which it's woven mm-hmm. that's kind of a signifier there's like no pilling whatsoever yeah. you know and then um also like one of the scammers in Alexis article had monogrammed every shirt was monogrammed yep. so this was like a crazy guy who pretended to be a Rockefeller yeah we did um Varen Bon Rock was that him? Er, no. no Clark Chichester Christopher yeah, okay. Chichester okay yeah and so he was also kind of like your classic scammer who just really studied like human behavior and like how to act in certain like very rich enclaves because he was going like he had mm-hmm. like six different 
personalities right. or like aliases at a all certain Ivy point League. in time. All Ivy League, but he was in this one area, I think in California, and it was all these very rich kind of like country club people and he would be the dates for like the widows mm-hmm. or something crazy and mm-hmm. he just like picked up an accent and would dress to the nines and when he eventually he was also from Germany. Also cat <laughs> I, I wasn't going to bring that up, but I'm like, why yeah. do they all come out of Germany? Wow. <laughs> Great I'll talk about point. my theories on that. I'll talk about next. Okay. I think there's a European theory. Yeah, we can get yeah. to that. But um, so when he eventually became like the Rockefeller like scam artist, yeah. he's living in Boston. He gets caught because he's getting divorced. And like as he's going through the divorce proceedings, um, he tries to kidnap his daughter. Right. And so like an Amber Alert goes out. The police <laughs> like go to his ex-wife and ask for all this basic information she doesn't know a social security number she doesn't have it she doesn't like know like where he's from like all these things and like lo and behold you find out that he maybe killed someone mm-hmm. like in yeah. the past and buried them very much and buried, buried them, them under, under the, the concrete pool. yeah yeah, yeah. well yeah it's so really quick though i have this feeling that like other countries like European or Russian or something like um, these, the scammers that come out of there, like America is this land of opportunity. And I also don't think they take Americans very seriously. Mm -hmm. It's to them, it's like a relatively new country. And Mm -hmm. so they're like, I'm just going to get over on these idiots. And Americans are idiots. (laughs) Not to get political. Everybody hates when we get political, but there's like this, um, there's this, I feel like any sort of foreigner to your native country is so exotic and exciting. And you do sort of like want to go on the ride Mm -hmm. and you want to be like enveloped in whatever exotic thing that they bring and it, there's so many people in America there's a lot of like lonely people I mean just like it's just more to yeah. pick from well there was also that guy that pretended to be a high school student did you guys cover him what oh, which one? yeah there was a scammer it was written in GQ and he was like way over the high school age oh my god and came in and was maybe from Russia mm-hmm. and pretended to be a high school student for like a couple a couple of years. Wow. Well, that's, and like coming in, like I we always say like America is this like land of opportunity, and so it's an opportunity for a business investor and for a scam artist. Mm-hmm. And I just and there's think, uh, there's very very yeah <laughs> they're close line between both yeah. of those things. They're so close. Wow. Um, Let just, me get back to Anna for a second and just wrap up what happened with her. So in 2017, she was arrested on six charges of grand larceny, uh, grand larceny um, for scamming wealthy business acquaintances and several hotels. Um, she faced three counts of misdemeanor theft of, theft of services from the Beekman Hotel, the W uh, Downtown, and the Parker Meridian. Um, and when she's like getting these charges, she's still um depositing bad checks which i love the balls of and then she um was arrested in later that summer um when she went to (laughs) outside of a rehab in malibu (laughs) and then this past april she was found guilty of second degree larceny theft of services and one count of first degree attempted grand larceny she was not found guilty on attempted grand larceny for the $22 million loan she tried to procure, and she was not found guilty on the charge of $60,000 for the Morocco trip. So she's scheduled to be sentenced. She faces up to 15 year, years in prison, and she um, will be deported because of her visa overstay. And she's in prison without bail. Yeah. And then of Rikers, she said, this place is Rikers Island, the lovely... No, uh, New York City prison she said this place is not bad at all actually people seem to think it's horrible but I see it as like the soci- sociological experiment so, which, which is so indicative to her so personality gross. and yeah. just like what she's been doing this whole time well she these scammers they think they're so much smarter than everyone and in a lot of ways like they're she is getting things by like she has this audacity to like like she has her Celine glasses in prison. Like I guess it's a specific prescription that she said she can't live without. It's like I'm sure she gives like a, a bunch of like rigmarole of like how hard it would get it to get in there. Well, um, people. I mean, she get, she is getting away with it because Shonda Rhimes acquired yes. the rights to her um, the story that was published in New York Magazine, Neff's story that was published in the Cut. 
and she's developing a Netflix original series based on it. So in the end, right. she is getting away with it and she's winning. And uh, the judge said that she's like more interested in who's going to play her in the movie than like um, feeling bad for anything. She's also quoted on saying there are a couple girls here for financial crimes as well. This one girl, she's been stealing other people's identities. I didn't realize it was so easy. So she is, <laughs> my, our producer's jaw just dropped. She is like actually networking or she's telling us, I don't know. Like it's also like she could be getting beaten up and not telling anyone, but there is, it does feel, it does ring true that she is looking at this as like an, another opportunity to like learn more. And Skrilly, what's that guy's name? Skrilly. Um, he had a contraband phone in jail. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. they are scamming to scam, and it's amazing. And you'll just put them in any situation, yeah, and they'll be fine. Well, and then so not only is she concerned on who with who was going to play her in the movie, uh, she also had a stylist for her courtroom looks, which is amazing. Right, and maybe Alexis yes. can speak more to that. Her lawyer paid for those. Yes. So her lawyer was Todd Spodek, and he basically hires this celebrity stylist. Her name is, what is her name? Let me see. Anastasia Walker. So her clients, mm -hmm, so her clients were Courtney Love and GEZ, and I think she used to be um, maybe an editor at Glamour Magazine. Mm -hmm. So I think before, like, they even hire this woman, Todd has to have, like, Anna come into court before I think the jury so they haven't started trial yet and he basically like forces someone to go out to H&M and spend $200 on something that didn't scream inmate and this is like from <laughs> one, yep from one of the um newspapers and then someone came back with like a black blazer some capris a beige sweater and white sneakers and so then they kind of bring in this woman Anastasia who puts her in a black Michael Kors shift dress, which she wears with a black choker mm-hmm. and her earring or her um, glasses uh, and kind a of a lot of cleavage, lots of cleavage kind of like breaks the internet in a minor yeah. way. There's like an Instagram account that started for a brief moment. It's like Anna Delvey's court looks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then she comes in with like Victoria Beckham trousers and a sheer like St. Laurent top at another point, like, they're waiting for Anna to get ready because the clothes haven't arrived and the judge is like, this isn't a fashion show. Like we can't yeah. wait for you anymore. No, and, mm-hmm. I didn't so know like this. She, yeah, yeah. So there is like a whole nother aspect of how dressing plays into scams once they're caught. And for her final look before she was like sentenced or found guilty, she wears a white baby doll dress. Yes. With flats and like her glasses. And a choker. And a choker, yeah, yeah, which has kind of become her signature. But a lot of like really great journalists wrote about it. There's Vanessa Friedman, I think Amelia Petrarca at um, the Cut and Vanessa's at New York Times. Mm-hmm. Um, Rachel Toshjian, who's the GQ style writer. And then Kenzie Bryant, who's also a staff writer at Vanity Fair. So everyone's kind of following her looks and the kind of court, like as we've had like part one of the scams which is just like them happening right and now it's kind of the court looks that's its own realm the court and so we also mm -hmm. so like we've also seen that with elizabeth holmes she notoriously only wore black turtlenecks Mm -hmm. she had 150 supposedly and they were all issei miyaki who's this japanese designer which was favored by steve jobs who she like very vocally said like i'm emulating because you don't need to think about it um and that was 270 dollars for a black turtleneck and she had Mm -hmm. 150 of them 150 she says wow and then she shows up to her court hearing, and she, that is not what she's wearing at all. She's wearing, like, a blazer, a blue button-down. Her hair is also, like, messy. But even yeah. when she's kind of waiting to be in court, she was photographed, like, with her fiancé, who's also a millionaire. Yeah, of course. Good and They hang out. He, yeah, yeah. And he's she's wearing, like, Lululemon leggings, like, a white T-shirt, a baseball cap, and aviators, just looking like your very typical silicon valley rich girl mm-hmm. i know so, and it's, so was the theory with the baby doll dress that she was trying to look innocent for her sentencing mm-hmm. or yeah and her sentencing the um the lawyer said like she's just trying to live the american dream like and he actually quoted um hold on he quoted um sinatra he's yeah, like, he sinatra <laughs> I'll make a brand new start in New York. If I can make it here, I can make it anywhere. Oh, my um, God. Because the opportunities in New York are endless. And he said that she was merely buying time so she could launch a business to repay her debts. Anna had to fake it until yeah, she could right. make it. 
Yeah. Yeah. So right. that, but that's part of his def- her defense was that like everyone's doing it. <laughs> well, but he also said an integral part to Anna's business was like clothing and style and how she looked, and yes, he wanted the jury maker. to see that. Oh my god. So like there is very much this like aspect of the kind of personal selfhood building through clothing being very important to like. I love that he called it her business. Oh my god. <laughs> I love it. In what world is this legitimate business? Yeah. Well, we should clarify that, like, you know, this is common that, like, a lot of times people who are on trial, that's why they wear suits and not the jumpsuits is is they don't want the jury to see them as inmates. So that's right. common. As, like a convicted yeah. person. Yeah. And, of course, this is, like, not special to scammers. Like yeah, the New yeah. York Times had a great piece about like how to look, I think essentially a kind of convincing or um like believable. Yeah, it's how I learned to look believable and this was about a woman who had come forward with like a sexual assault case and so mm. it's like how do you dress to make sure that you don't look like you were like asking for it or something yeah. like that mm. and um I mean even with like the Operation Varsity Blues there's been a lot of attention paid to what Lori Laughlin is that how you yeah. yeah and she she even has um it just came out that she had like an image consultant two image yep. consultants she is now working with like so so I think that the dressing to be perceived as in a particular way is not abnormal I think it's the hiring of the stylist and the so carefully calculated well that that's thing a part of that's a defense admoral. trial mm-hmm. yeah and it does speak to like i mean the reason she was so successful also was because of her clothing because she lied mm-hmm. like that is like that is why people just trusted her it's part of her business she, mm-hmm. <laughs> if you're like well this is kind of odd it's like you don't want to be embarrassed that what you're doing is considered like low class or right. that you're not up with it and so i a lot of times said if anything was questioned it was like oh well that's just what rich people do like they I think because there is such a huge um, huge void between the two is that if you aren't super wealthy, you just assume like something's wrong with you if you don't understand it or if that person's being weird, that's just what the rich do and you're very flawed because you're not mm. which is so it's just so classist, it's so discriminatory. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I, I just that is what's interesting. I wonder if well, I'm sure there's like there's been stylists in other court cases but this was just so blatant and the lawyer was so proud of it <laughs> yeah and she also like we said with the michael kors dress which was very low it's not like she was dressing appropriately no. necessarily outside of like one or two outfits yeah um, she was dressing because she knew she'd be photographed yeah yeah and i don't know if that's something she i mean that's something you also learn like from her like purple magazine mm-hmm. days is they were all about those style opportunities also um I can't remember which article it was in, but they said that if you look through her photos, she repeats a lot of stuff, but she has just that one jacket, like that one Rick Owens jacket that every rich person has. Right. It might be a the knockoff. The investment piece, yes. as you might call yeah. it in fashion. <laughs> um, oh my so, Alexis, if I'm going to court <laughs> yes. and I'm on trial, what would be my essential look to be innocent? Like, what should I wear to be innocent? I don't know. I know that's a tough I mean, I, question. I think I think it depends what you're being tried for. Uh-huh. I'm very much not a professional when it comes to being in courtrooms, but I think but she anything, looks very good, guys. She, she does. I'm, well, okay, I'm I'm wearing a blazer right now, so I might I might recommend wearing a blazer. Okay. I would also probably recommend wearing um, a but shirt that's a little bit higher than the one I'm wearing right I now. I love it, and I love she has cute, like a, fucking cool socks. I'm wearing um, the fishnet fishnet socks, socks. Oh, she's but so cool. I think basically anything. Like, I mean, Vanessa Friedman in the New York Times wrote about this, specifically court style, Anna Delvey being one of them, but also Cardi B. Um, Just anything where you want to convey your, I think less, less, you know, skin is better. And I mean, I think even outside of what you should wear, it's this bigger idea of like the narrative, right? Mm -hmm. Like what is the narrative you're selling to someone you do that in part through clothing. You do that in part the way you act, the people you know. Sure. And so that's just an extension of how you're telling the story. And of course, like wow. once we get into the courtroom, it's a different type of story than the one that you're doing out there. Right, but, but the power you have until you get there. Yeah, and just the ways to like corroborate the vision that you have to the public. Like how do you wow. do that without saying much? And that's one way in which clothing can help. And I think the thing that was most fascinating to me, like we're 
like why why are we obsessed with scammers right like that's the biggest yeah. question like why are we talking about them we get it's bad we understand that it's like conniving but you like know people were hurt yeah like but but why are we like parsing it out through all of these different mediums all the time and I think it's in part like it's human nature like that was what drew, drew me to like the style aspect is because like I said I grew up very far away from New York mm-hmm. I knew I wanted to work in writing fashion I was very good at like reading these magazines and understanding like who designers were like what you should be wearing and like uh, once I, I ended up going to NYU so I was like in the there, downtown yeah. like looking like like you're saying being in Soho being like I'm not cool enough to be here like mm-hmm. getting to New York being like, I'm not cool enough to be here but like how do you get there and just kind of like doing that over and over until like one day I wrote this piece for Vanity Fair, mm-hmm. but I'm in my mind, like I didn't do anything but like trick people that I could do this, you know? Clothing is <laughs> tricking people, right? It's like you have, su- it's, they're all sort of like a uniform. I also, I think it's fascinating. Like I will see somebody walk in, like you see like, you know, like mom leisure look, like yeah. you see one mom that looks like, like me. <laughs> it's just like, there's probably spit up on my shirt, just like getting it together. Clothes aren't really I'm losing my baby weight but also haven't lost all of it and then I see a mom that is in like a super tight Lululemon highlights are perfectly done this that and I'm like oh so you have like childcare, or your life's together or you're better than me like those are all the thoughts I have but I I wonder if this goes into imposter syndrome like we all have that like oh you know I don't deserve to be here blah 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 especially women when they get ahead you know but maybe we're all imposters it's real deep (laughs) <laughs> I mean, yeah. every time you put on clothing, you're basically saying, like, this is what I would like you all to see. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think it takes a lot of work. And the key to feeling, to giving the air of effortless style is you let nobody know how much work it takes. Mm-hmm. Like, nobody can know. Like, it's all, like, secret manicures or, yeah. like, secret spray tans. Because part of the commodity is effortlessness yeah yep that's a huge part of it I think like you're saying the kind of like no one's wearing makeup but everyone looks amazing and you're spending like however many dollars and hours getting a facial so you don't have to wear makeup and Anna Delvey was spending like five hundred five four hundred dollars for eyelash extensions and then 150 for eyelash extension upkeep and like eight hundred dollars on highlights even though her hair still looked terrible Terrible yes terrible a mess her and Elizabeth Holmes messy and it's, I kind of related some... to that. I was like, yeah, I mean, hair is hard, but you have to. Hair is hard. I feel like it's also some things are also learned by your community. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like if everybody talks about their dermatologist as kids growing up because you're all like loaded, you know. Here's my advice to scammers. Scammers, get a deep conditioning treatment. First step. <laughs> and then you'll get away with your crimes. Jordan. Meanwhile, I'm like... I'm going to go to Supercuts later. I cannot wait. I know. <laughs> I hate spending, I haven't had a haircut. I hate spending so money long. on haircuts. I feel like they're such a fucking scam. I know. Also, like, I don't know how to, like, not make my hair have crazy frizzies. And I think that it is those incredibly expensive keratin treatments. Like, I think it is a perm that keeps your hair a certain way. There might be a serum. That's okay. not hundreds of dollars. There might be. Okay, Alexis, that's really why you're here and I appreciate it. <laughs> Guys, it all came down to it that she's saving my life. <laughs> I'm going to use her serum. It's a serum. Oh Which my. one? Uh, the Oribe Gold Lust. Is it's that what so it's pretty. Called? Is that what it, it is? It smells really good, too. I, I would try I'm it. it. I'm buying it. <laughs> Guys, I'm getting on my computer I right love, now. I love it. It doesn't matters. work. I didn't tell you. O-R-I-B-E? Yeah, yeah, I have their dry shampoo or their texture spray that smells amazing. It? Mm-hmm. I think gold something. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. But then the secret is also to get it done regularly. Right. Like you can't get a $400 haircut once. You have to do it like every two months. That's what I do. I know. <laughs> oh, so much. Like so often. And get your eyebrows done. And this, I mean, it's just crazy. It's just so crazy. Kate, did we answer all your questions? Did we, did we, okay. Oh, wait. I have a question. This is just my personal need. So what is like a piece that if I could have or wear like a piece of jewelry or blazer or something that would make me not look and feel like such a trash person? <laughs> like my natural state trash of like, person. Yeah, I just feel like I just feel like I'm constantly as I even arrived here late because my baby had a meltdown with the babysitter. Like I just I feel like as I'm leaving my, leaving my house, I'm just constantly just like gathering everything together. Even on my way to the bus to get here, I'm like putting on lipstick as I'm going. Is there something that is an easy grab to that's very stylish right now that we might not be aware of? 
Um, I mean, it's kind of past now, but I'm not going to lie. Uniqlo heat tech turtlenecks. Wow. Because then you could just layer anything over it. Okay. Like I could have done that. I've done it with this shirt. You can put like a jacket over it. But we're not in spring anymore. But they do have like the Alexander Wang ones that you can look into. But I am a big fan of pants that fit. Like just like the ones that are yours because then you can do a normal t-shirt that you can tuck in. Okay. I like button downs. I mean, of course you can get a black blazer. Is there any jewelry? Like I know like layering gold necklaces is in. That's always a thing. I love to layer a gold necklace. But I stole all my jewelry from my mom, so. Yeah. (laughs) I love it. She knows, so she can listen I love to it. us. I love it. Alexis, I know. thank you so much for coming and telling us about scam so style. Fun. Thank you. I feel elevated. I feel smart. I'm ready to go out and scam myself. I'm going to oh go God. get this hair That's serum all I'm doing, later. Guys. Yeah. I'm getting, I Googled the hair serum. We're purchasing We're it. We're purchasing it. Not that expensive. Yeah. Not that bad. I think, yeah. So the key is, is like, keep your hair tight, you know, do like a good basic makeup look. And have a couple like shiny pieces, right? Mm-hmm. But or, but a or not simple, shiny. Pa- oh no, pieces. true. Like a simple yeah. palette mm-hmm. with a touch of and because forever was those Michael Kors watches, which aren't oh, in anymore. Don't no. That was <laughs> Alexis 2000s. like literally turned her nose up. She's like, I know. No, I guys, I used to have one. No, no, that was a thing, like in yeah. fashion, and you have like a million bangles, and mm-hmm. it's just made a lot Arm of party. noise. Arm party. <laughs> Used to be in. I, I know. It. Now it's very delicate. Yes. Yes. Guys, read her work. It's beautiful. She's Thank a great you. writer and also just so fun to be with. Yes. We're so excited. Yeah. This is so great. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Guys, thank you so much for listening. I'm sure there are things we didn't cover. Listen, <laughs> we tried we to put clarify. in facts. We did research. We tried to put in facts. I hope we you're did. happy, okay? I hope <laughs> Look, we're not doing the typical just like winging it, making up shit. <laughs> we actually did research. Um, and if you have any crazy scams that happened to you or any feedback, you can always email us at scamwowpodcast or call us on our hot tip hotline, which is my favorite thing. 347-509-9414. Also, you guys have been sliding into our DMs and I really appreciate it. We've gotten such great stuff and people who've told us that they almost were scammed, but they, from like tips that they got on our podcast, they didn't get scammed. Yes. I met a bartender who had the same, was his friend got the same scam as Abby Holland oh. and he fell for it though. Oh, so much, so many things are happening. So thank you so much, you guys. And if you like the podcast, please rate and review us on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you don't like it, I just keep that to yourself. That would be great. Don't comment on our voices. We can't change that. Please them. don't comment negatively because it's <laughs> we're sensitive beings. We are sensitive sponges. We absorb everything. Please don't comment if it's negative. Um, we love you guys. We do love you. Oh my God, that was me. We do love you. Thank you so much. No, we love you. Okay. <laughs> okay. Have a great week. Bye. Bye. Here's a quick question for you. How did you sleep last night? If your battle for a good night's sleep feels relentless, I have the answer. It's a podcast called Sleep Wave with meditations and hypnosis created to help you fall asleep. My relaxation techniques will help you feel calm and ready for sleep with soft music that will help you fall asleep in minutes. Most listeners never hear the end of an episode. So search Sleep Wave on your favorite podcast app and find out why over a million people have fallen asleep to my voice. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics, and sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot-button issues, and it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.